Build something with your own hands, a kitchen table, a toy, a home decoration. Invite your friends, kids, spouse, or other family members to participate. Cook something. Cooking and eating are some of the most pleasant social activities that will put a smile on your face and make you feel a sense of accomplishment. Practice various arts. Painting, music making, writing, sculpting. Engage your entire family or share the fruits of your work with them. Get into gardening. It will help you unwind. You can also turn it into a social activity with your spouse, kids, or friends who don't mind getting their hands dirty. The bottom line is to have a life beyond your business. Finding excitement in non-business contexts will make it easier to maintain balance between your personal and professional life. In addition to these four reasons, your life might be out of balance because you don't know how to structure it in another way. If you need help with that, I wrote a book dedicated entirely to this topic titled, How to Have More Time. It includes tips that will help you reduce time spent working, change your lifestyle to make more space for time, and turn from a money-rich, time-poor person into a money-rich and time-rich individual. Three Key Actionable Implications Below are three key actionable implications to help you maintain proper balance in life and stay sane. First, take care of your health. Entrepreneurial ventures are addictive and provide a lot of enjoyment. However, if you neglect your health, one day you might find yourself no longer able to work. Basic prevention is all it takes to minimize the risk of developing many serious illnesses. Analyze your health and fitness levels. Do you have a healthy diet? Do you get enough exercise and sleep? Do you treat your body as your boss that needs to be respected, or as a slave you regularly run into the ground? If you're overweight, change your eating habits and exercise more. Get more sleep if you tend to pull all-nighters and frequently find yourself falling asleep in the middle of the day. Ideally, find a way to derive passion and enjoyment out of your efforts to improve your health and fitness. If you need help, my books, Self-Discipline Dieter, How to Lose Weight and Become Healthy Despite Cravings and Weak Willpower, and How to Build Self-Discipline to Exercise, Practical Techniques and Strategies to Develop a Lifetime Habit of Exercise, will help you. Second, set non-business challenges. If the only accomplishments in your life come from business, it's no wonder you tend to prioritize it over your personal life. After all, humans want to feel good, and if it's primarily business achievement that fuels you, where else would you seek personal satisfaction? Come up with a new hobby, a skill you want to master, or an improvement you'd like to make in your personal life. This will help you satisfy your hunger for accomplishment and stop measuring your self-worth by your business performance alone. Let yourself win and lose in your personal life which will bring more excitement to your life from other sources than just your business. I strongly suggest practicing at least one difficult sport that will take your mind off business, help you unwind, and present a challenge so you don't have to escape to work as a form of self-therapy. Third, have a life. I get it. You adore your business. You love entrepreneurship. It's your passion. However, as preposterous of an idea as it sounds, you should still have a life outside of it. Business people who rarely, if ever, 
think about other things than business, tend to overwork themselves to death, neglect their personal lives, and end up unhappy. Don't forget that your life consists of more than just being productive. Take care of your health and fitness, spend quality time with your family and friends, and try to grow yourself as a person beyond business context. All these things, when combined, will help you achieve your results much more quickly and in a more pleasant way than becoming a lonely workaholic. Today, right now, come up with a plan to have a more satisfying personal life. If you wake up each day passionate only about your business, but not passionate about your personal life, it's high time to change it and start looking forward to being a regular, non-work-addicted human being as well. Let's review how to keep balance and stay sane. Your body is your CEO. Don't neglect your health, thinking you'll have time for it later when you achieve success. Your overall sense of well-being greatly contributes to your self-discipline and persistence. How do you see yourself reaching big goals if you're sick and exhausted all the time? There are four primary reasons why you can't achieve proper work-life balance. Intermingling of personal identity and business well-being, fear of failure, love of work, and the feeling of a reward for getting more work done. Intermingling of personal identity and business well-being means that you let your business define your self-worth. Such a close link with your business causes you to spend more and more time with it until there's nothing else going on in your life but work. Handle this problem by finding more roles in your life that can define your self-worth, like being a good parent. Additionally, realize that you can achieve more success by letting yourself step away from the business and seeing it from another perspective. Last but not least, delegate parts of your business so it doesn't feel like your sole responsibility. Fear of failure makes entrepreneurs work crazy hours and sacrifice their personal lives. A typical entrepreneur is heavily invested in their business, both financially and emotionally. Learning how to feel comfortable with discomfort by inviting failures in your life will help you reduce the worries about your business failing. Insure yourself by building an emergency financial fund. Fear of failure won't be that crippling and dominant in your life if you know that even in the worst case, you'll be able to support yourself financially for a few months. Love of work sounds like a good thing, but entrepreneurs often take it to the extreme and let business become the only source of challenges and self-fulfillment. Find hobbies outside business that will challenge you to break the spell of business being the only source of passion in life. A reward you get for more work done feels good. As an entrepreneur, you can always get more out of this reward, as there's always more that you can do. Unfortunately, this also means that it's easy to go overboard with it and neglect everything else. This problem ties with love of work. If business is the only addictive thing in your life, it's obvious that you'll prioritize it over everything else. As hard as it might be, come up with non-business activities, ideally activities you'll spend with your loved ones, and find excitement in them. It's possible it will take you a long time to find something at least matching the excitement and joy of accomplishing more in your business, but in the end, it will let you enjoy a more balanced and sustainable life. Chapter 4 
four tool sets to develop your self-discipline as an entrepreneur. Self-discipline is the sum of empowering behaviors, traits, and habits that strengthen your self-command. In addition to the fundamental pieces of the puzzle we've already revealed, entrepreneurs need a few more tools to build self-discipline. In this chapter, we'll cover them in detail, grouped into four tool sets consisting of traits, habits, or mindset changes necessary to strengthen your resolve as an entrepreneur. We'll discuss how and why these tools work, as well as cover practical ways to implement them in your life. When you introduce them in your life, you'll benefit from a synergic effect that will generate long-term, unwavering self-discipline. Number one, dedication and drive. Dedication means fully investing yourself in your business. Drive fuels the devotion to the process. Consistent use of these two inseparable tools is the most crucial difference between entrepreneurs who succeed in the long term and the ones who give up. In his signature, no-holds-barred writing style, successful entrepreneur and best-selling author M.J. DeMarco writes in his book The Millionaire Fastlane, Crack the Code to Wealth and Live Rich for a Lifetime. To hit the top of your game, business or otherwise, you have to eat, live, and shit your thing. If you're dabbling in 10 different things, your results will be dabbling and unimpressive. Focus on one thing and do it in the most excellent way. Dedication starts with a conscious decision to cut all possible escape routes and commit to one business idea until one of two things happens. It either becomes successful or it fails. There's no in-between dabbling into it or giving it a try. Spreading your attention over more than one business idea at a time will dilute your persistence. When you face obstacles with one of your businesses, it's tempting to close up shop and move on to another idea. Why would you fight for your first business if there's always the second one that, for now, isn't that troublesome? You don't have such a luxury when you run one business. And this ensures you'll give your best when you face setbacks instead of seeking the comfort of another business. Oh, you say, but there are so many entrepreneurs who run multiple businesses. People like Elon Musk and Richard Branson may run multiple businesses now, but they both started with just one venture and launched new businesses only when their previous projects no longer needed their active participation. Decades of experience, Trustworthy teams of world-class employees and virtually endless capital allow them to run multiple businesses. If you lack these resources, you'd better stick to one thing. I strongly suggest giving a new project at least six months of your undivided attention. By committing all of your resources to one business, you'll dramatically increase your chances of success and reduce the temptation to chase after the next shiny thing. Once you commit to one business, dedicate yourself to it by establishing a consistent routine. As a self-published author, I set for myself word count goals I have to achieve on a daily basis. I know that to maintain self-discipline, my behavior has to be automated, so I don't wait for the muse to visit me. Instead, I follow Stephen King's advice. Amateurs sit and wait for inspiration. The rest of us just get up and go to work.
A strong work ethic is one of the most powerful allies of self-discipline and persistence. Establish a daily routine with one task you absolutely must do before everything else. It's best if the task is quantifiable and repeatable, like writing a thousand words each day, calling 30 potential clients, or writing 200 lines of code. To maintain dedication to the process, you also need to fill your tank with the proper fuel, powerful drive, or purpose. As I write in my newsletter series on developing a process-oriented mindset, most people would only like to become financially independent, and so they keep wishing for it for the rest of their lives. The ones who actually achieve the goal are the ones who don't merely desire it. They are the ones who absolutely need it in their lives and are willing to pay the price to achieve it. They're the ones willing to break through multiple bouts of depression and frustration, failures, and feeling like a recluse, all to make their dream come true. That's the kind of drive you need in your entrepreneurial life to keep working on your dreams until they turn into reality. It's not about mere self-gratifying passion, though. It's about doing it because you must do it, fueled by the desire to chase mastery and provide value to the world. Ryan Holiday, best-selling author of Ego is the Enemy, posits, Purpose is about pursuing something outside yourself as opposed to pleasuring yourself, and suggests that you should make it about what you feel you must do and say, not what you care about and wish to be. Starting today, make your work more purposeful by chasing mastery and serving not only yourself, but primarily others. Remember pro-social and intrinsic motivation? The drive for mastery is one of the finest expressions of them. Number two, focus and deliberation. Running two businesses at once is a recipe for distraction. It offers an easy way out of your troublesome business. Instead of fixing it, it's easier to call it quits and move on to another project, only to repeat the same mistakes when you encounter obstacles on the new path. However, distractions can also strike you if you're faithful to one business. For instance, many people like to play at being an entrepreneur by designing business cards, a logo, or a website with all the trendy gizmos. They delude themselves by thinking this busy work is an important stepping stone to starting a business, when it should take a back seat. They distract themselves with irrelevant tasks instead of focusing on what's important, value creation. That's why you need focus and deliberation in your life. These tools will help you uncover what's important right now. Each time you're about to commit your resources to a task, ask yourself if it's really what you're needing now. Think in terms of smart work that produces results, not doing work for the sake of working. It might feel good to spend a few hours tweaking your business card, but in the end, this action doesn't produce what your fledgling business needs the most, clients. This simple habit of focused work will help you avoid applying self-discipline to low-impact tasks and thus have more of it left for what's truly important. And speaking of focus, another challenge is dealing with your workplace distractions that negatively impact your productivity. You're sitting in your office, working on an important task, and suddenly you get an email or somebody calls you. You reply to the message or finish the conversation. 
it's time to go back to work, but before you do it, you decide to quickly check your Facebook page. You reply to a few messages, watch a new movie trailer your friend has just shared, and comment on the travel pictures of another friend. You look at the clock, and 30 minutes have just disappeared. Distractions produce a chain reaction. Give in to them once, and get ready to welcome several more distractions. In his book, Your Brain at Work, Strategies for Overcoming Distraction, Regaining Focus, and Working Smarter All Day Long, author David Rock writes, One study found that office distractions eat an average 2.1 hours a day. Another study, published in October 2005, found that employees spent an average of 11 minutes on a project before being distracted. After an interruption, it takes them 25 minutes to return to the original task, if they do at all. It takes a lot of time to get back into the groove after you lose focus, and an average person loses focus many times during the workday. If you can't control distractions in your everyday life, you'll also struggle to control yourself. The key to dealing with distractions is to acknowledge they'll happen and plan for them beforehand. You can't eliminate distractions altogether, but you can rein them in by doing these three things. First, work on the most important task when you're least likely to be interrupted, ideally in the morning. Even if you get distracted at some point later during your day, at least you've already done the most important task. In his article for PsychologyToday.com, author David Rock recommends to do your deeper thinking work in the morning while you still have the ability to control your attention. I like to wake up at 5 a.m. to do my most important work because the house is quiet, my mind is fresh, and nobody else is up yet. Second, avoid distractions by working in a place where you're least likely to be interrupted. It might be trendy to work in a co-working space or a cafe, but you'll do your best work in a quiet place where it's only you and the task at hand. As an entrepreneur, you'll probably have freedom to work wherever you want. Choose seclusion. In her interview with FastCompany.com, interruption scientist Gloria Mark suggests that her personal best ways to avoid distraction are to work at home to avoid the distracting office environment and limit her web usage to twice per day. Heed this advice by creating a private home office space and disconnecting from the internet if you don't need it for work. Consider using browser add-ons that allow you to block specific sites for a specific period of time. Third, be mindful and take breaks whenever you feel your attention slipping away. Consider following the Pomodoro approach in which you work for 25 minutes do a five-minute break, and continue with another round of 25 minutes. Additionally, consider meditation as a training tool to sharpen your focus. The more often you engage in an activity that consumes your entire focus, the better you'll get at maintaining the same level of attention when working. If you don't find meditation particularly useful, or you don't like it, consider other types of meditative-like activities, such as listening mindfully to music, practicing yoga or Tai Chi, journaling. Other non-standard types of meditation, like walking meditation, gazing meditation, breathing meditation, or gratitude meditation, 
I've covered all of these alternatives to meditation in my book, Daily Self-Discipline, Everyday Habits and Exercises to Build Self-Discipline and Achieve Your Goals. Number three, decisiveness and selectivity. As an entrepreneur, you'll frequently find yourself in difficult situations where you won't be able to make an informed decision. You could choose to make no decision, but even that is a decision. And in the end, it's the worst decision you can make, because then you let things happen to you instead of choosing what to do and assuming the responsibility for the outcome. Self-discipline can't thrive in an environment where you let things happen to you, because self-discipline is also a decision to choose delayed gratification over instant rewards. Entrepreneurship is about being proactive and taking control, not reacting to what's happening to you. How do you become a more decisive and selective person? It all starts with understanding that making decisions consumes energy. The more decisions you make, the lower their quality. In psychology, this phenomenon is called decision fatigue. Decision fatigue can also lead to decision avoidance, wherein you avoid decisions entirely. President Barack Obama once said, You'll see I only wear gray or blue suits. I'm trying to pare down decisions. I don't want to make decisions about what I'm eating or wearing, because I have too many other decisions to make. He then also added, You need to focus your decision-making energy. You need to routinize yourself. You can't be going through the day distracted by trivia. There's no denying that the number of decisions a president must make goes well beyond the quota of a typical person. Consequently, I'd say he probably knows how to manage his decision-making energy, don't you think? Not dealing with trivia by simplifying your everyday choices will free up energy needed to make important decisions. Get rid of clothes you no longer wear or invest only in classics that always work with each other. Buy and eat similar foods to simplify your nutritional habits. Go with the first thing that comes to your mind when you're forced to make a trivial decision like choosing between the flavors of sauce when eating out. Reduce or eliminate trivial decisions from your life, but be selective when it comes to key decisions with long-term consequences. When I decided to translate my books into other languages, I went through dozens of applications to find the right translator and editor. I could have been less picky, but I knew that the task was too important to cut corners. Apply selectivity in the same way. Don't settle for mediocrity or make hasty decisions if there's a lot at stake. As for trivial choices, don't waste your time on them. Make a quick decision. Number four, determination and self-trust. Scientists refer to determination as a positive emotional feeling that pushes you toward action despite difficulties. It makes you more persistent and improves your ability to cope with problems. As an entrepreneur, you'll face setbacks on a regular basis. There won't be anyone to handle them for you. If you're unused to walls frequently popping up on your journey toward success, at first, you might feel the temptation to give up. The opposite reaction, determination, will help you focus on the solutions. Climb the wall, destroy it, or go around it. In this sense, determination is about having an internal locus of control and the belief that you control your life 
and it's you, not the external factors like luck, other people, or the economy, who can change it. A person with external locus of control won't be able to deal with the wall. They will stare at it thinking they, whoever this is, want to keep them away from success and there's nothing they can do but accept their fate. To develop an internal locus of control, stop blaming the world around you. Accept equal responsibility for every success and failure that you experience. Such constant reinforcement will encourage you to approach every difficulty with an action-oriented mindset instead of complaining about external factors. Secondly, develop your self-efficacy, which is the strength of your belief in your abilities and how likely you perceive yourself successfully performing a given task or achieving a goal. In my book, Confidence, How to Overcome Your Limiting Beliefs and Achieve Your Goals, I cover five fundamental rules to develop a strong sense of self-efficacy. They are Set goals slightly above your ability so you can consistently stretch your comfort zone and get used to bigger and bigger challenges. In business, it might be starting with small investments and slowly increasing your risk threshold. Break goals into smaller pieces and simplify them to avoid being overwhelmed. Starting a business sounds like a big undertaking, but when you break it into small tasks, it's more manageable. Then you'll be more likely to feel determined instead of discouraged. Focus on the big picture to think in terms of strategies instead of tactics. As an entrepreneur, your primary goal is to make sales. Everything else is background, especially for a person just starting out. As we've already covered, focus on key actions instead of busying yourself with things that might feel good but don't generate results. Reframe obstacles so you think of them as reasons to keep going instead of reasons to give up. As American professor Randy Posh said, the brick walls are there for a reason. The brick walls are not there to keep us out. The brick walls are there to give us a chance to show us how badly we want something. Because the brick walls are there to stop the people who don't want it badly enough. They're there to stop the other people. Take control over your life so you acknowledge that what happens in your life is the direct result of your actions. This goes back to developing an internal locus of control. In practice, as long as you vow not to stop until you make your business work, you'll develop determination naturally, just like you naturally get stronger if you regularly lift heavy weights. Three Key Actionable Implications The three most important actions you can take to implement advice from this chapter in your life are First, dedicate yourself. If you want to build powerful self-discipline, you absolutely must dedicate to your business and its growth. This includes following an established routine to help you stick to the process and not spreading yourself thin by working on a few unrelated projects at once. Starting today, vow to develop unconditional dedication to the process of building your business. Give yourself at least six months and ideally a year or more, to focus on your business and forget about any new, alluring business ideas. Develop one key routine that you'll follow every business day, like calling a specific number of prospects or producing a specific quantity of a product. And don't deviate from it no matter what. Second, work smart 
and be focused. Working smart and properly managing your resources instead of spinning your wheels and being wasteful will help you achieve better results more quickly. This in turn will reduce the risk of giving up due to lack of persistence or self-discipline. Get the most important task done as early as possible or whenever you can best avoid interruptions. Additionally, come to terms with the fact that distractions will happen, so it's better to work in short bursts and schedule distractions for your short breaks. Consider meditation or engaging in a similar meditative-like type of activity that will help you declutter your mind in single task. Be mindful when choosing new tasks to perform. It's easy to fall into the trap of doing things just because it feels good to complete them, even if they don't serve any specific purpose. Assume that your self-discipline is a limited resource and avoid the wastefulness of doing unnecessary tasks. Review the tasks you do on a regular basis and ask yourself which are key to do and which aren't necessary. Reduce the time spent on less important tasks or eliminate them altogether from your schedule. Don't forget that decisions also take energy. The more time you spend making unimportant decisions, the harder it is to make the right important decisions. Reduce the number of trivial decisions as much as you can and be selective regarding important choices that can have long-term repercussions. Third, learn to trust yourself. Entrepreneurs often doubt themselves. This can lead to a weak resolve and decision avoidance. Learn how to trust yourself by constantly stepping outside your comfort zone and trying things that are increasingly difficult. Starting today, every day try to do at least one thing that scares you or makes you feel uncomfortable. Additionally, break each challenge into smaller steps to avoid getting overwhelmed. If you have some big goals, break them into smaller stepping stones. Last, but definitely not least, think about the big picture. Long-term strategies rather than short-term tactics. Big changes rather than small tweaks. Assess your current approach and ask yourself if you're primarily focused on the little things or the more important long-term outlook. Let's review four tool sets to develop your self-discipline as an entrepreneur. Dedication to the process is the first fundamental key of self-discipline for an entrepreneur. If you don't give your full, undivided focus to your business, you'll struggle. Long-term persistence comes from the commitment to staying faithful to one business. Strengthen your dedication by developing a powerful drive to become the best at what you do and focusing on the value you're adding to the world. When you start feeling like you must do it, you become unstoppable. Be deliberate. Whenever you're about to spend your time or energy on a big task, ask yourself if it's necessary. Some entrepreneurs often work for the sense of superficial achievement rather than to get real-world results. Think about smart work and results, not mindless hard work and busyness for the sake of busyness. Handle distractions by acknowledging they'll happen and planning accordingly, for instance, by working in 25-minute sprints. A lack of focus will lead to mediocre results, and mediocre results won't lead to the success you're seeking.
A decisive person is a person who makes and acts on their decisions instead of waiting for things to happen to them. This characterizes the proactive mindset vital to every entrepreneur. Manage your decision-making energy by reducing the number of unimportant decisions you make on a daily basis. In addition to that, be selective and think carefully when making important decisions. Assume responsibility for everything that happens in your life and practice determination by constantly stepping outside your comfort zone. Your ability to cope with problems and failure will grow naturally as a result of challenging yourself. Chapter 5. The Most Common Challenges Facing People Who Want to Start a Business One of the most common problems faced by people wishing to start a business is exactly this. Wishing. The term I like to use for a person with this challenge is wantrepreneur, which Urban Dictionary defines as Someone who thinks about being an entrepreneur or starting a business, but never gets started. Wantrepreneurs either don't start a business at all, or pretend they're entrepreneurs by running little money-making ventures that are doomed to fail, often built in accordance with bad advice from make-money-online gurus. We've already discussed that commitment is one of the most important things you need to achieve success in business. In addition to that, and other traits and habits we've discussed so far. Here are five more reasons why people are entrepreneurs and how to overcome them. Number one, fear. If you've always relied on the paycheck from your employer, you can find it scary that as an entrepreneur, you only get paid when you get results. This fear can become so paralyzing that you keep dreaming about starting a business for years, but never do it because you're afraid you'll starve or lose your house. I would love to give you an exact step-by-step -step process to overcome fear, but unfortunately, it doesn't exist. Just like you're never going to be 100% ready to be a parent, you're never going to be fully prepared to become an entrepreneur. The only way in which you make the transition is to actually start your business. It doesn't mean that you need to go all in right away and give a notice. Working on your business as a side thing at first is a good way to break through fear. This will allow you to gain some initial momentum without the risk of ending up in a bad financial situation, which is a particularly important consideration if you have to provide for your family. If you can't imagine yourself making money from your own venture, start small with something simple like buying a used item like a phone or a car, cleaning and or fixing it, taking some good pictures of it, and selling it with a small markup. Alternatively, buy such things in bulk and sell them individually for a higher price. I used to buy music CDs in bulk and sell them individually. It was a good experience to learn how to run a little business without committing a lot of money or time to it. Benefiting from the gig economy by offering your services as a freelancer on websites like Upwork you can even offer the same services you perform for your current employer. Becoming a driver at one of the ride-sharing startups like Uber or teaching English or other languages you speak through sites like italki. I used to write articles for various clients. While I wouldn't call it a proper business, it was more of a job, albeit with me as a boss, it still taught me many useful things I later used as an entrepreneur.
selling things you've made with your hands through craft marketplaces like Etsy. This can easily grow into a full-fledged business. Making even a small amount of money outside of a regular job will develop the confidence that you can make money on your own. This will help you transition from a wantrepreneur into an entrepreneur. Even if you fail with your first little ventures, and let's be straight, it will happen, you'll learn how to handle failure and keep going. All entrepreneurs have a highly developed ability to deal with failure. If you want to achieve success, prepare to acquire this skill too. Number two, perfectionism. Many perfectionists put off things for later in fear they won't be able to achieve perfect results. Guess what? You will never achieve perfect results in anything new to you. It doesn't mean you shouldn't start, though. When I started writing books, I experimented with numerous genres, including fiction. The stories were embarrassing, but I knew I had to release them in order to get real-world feedback. I was surprised when instead of one-star reviews, I received three-star, four-star, and even some five-star reviews. People actually liked my books, the very same ones I considered embarrassing. Since then, I've improved my writing skills and refined my approach. If it weren't for this initial experience and exposing myself to criticism, I wouldn't be where I am today. As a perfectionist, you most likely have unrealistic standards. Fortunately, as you can learn from my story, what you think about the results of your work probably won't match the perception of your market that will be happy to use what you've created. If you're a entrepreneur because you're afraid you won't do a good job, assume your first product or service will suck and do it anyway. More often than not, it won't be nearly as bad as you think. In the end, doing it anyway is the only effective solution to escape the perfectionism-related inaction. Please note that perfectionism also applies to waiting for perfect circumstances. For instance, many entrepreneurs believe they shouldn't start a business if they can't get financing. Guess what? You can always do something, even if all you have is five bucks in your wallet. When I was working on my software business, I didn't have enough money to develop the entire application. Consequently, I started small with a rough minimum viable product, a bare-bones product with the most essential features early adopters needed, and raised money directly from my clients. Ingenuity can go a long way if you stop waiting for the stars to align in your favor and act anyway. Another expression of perfectionism is spending countless hours studying books about entrepreneurship but never implementing the advice in the real world. It's good to educate yourself about the basics of entrepreneurship, but true business education starts when you launch a business. Only then the concepts covered in the books you've read will start to make sense, and you'll also be able to filter out the advice that's not applicable in your situation. Number three. The all-or-nothing mentality. Another common reason why people keep wishing about entrepreneurship but never make it a reality is because they think in terms of all-or-nothing. Either they'll start this big, sexy Silicon Valley startup that everyone will talk about, or they won't start anything at all. To them, building a minimum viable product isn't enough. It's either a glamorous, never-done-before invention or nothing. 
certainly not a slightly improved version of an existing product instead. It's either a huge retail store right away or nothing. Testing the idea with a small online store isn't good enough. It's easy to see that the only outcome of such a mentality is doing nothing. The person thinking in terms of all or nothing will wait for the right circumstances that won't happen or waste any opportunities coming their way because they won't produce the instantly big results they need. Yet again, the most powerful solution is to take action and do something anyway. Have you noticed a common theme? If you're new to business, I strongly suggest starting with something small and easy, just to gain some experience and confidence. Thinking big is admirable, but if you have no practical experience in the field you'd like to dominate, your chances of launching a big company without any prior business experience are nil. Instead, first dip your toe in the water, get a feel for how realistic your plans are, and adjust accordingly. Before I started taking tennis classes, I had thought it would take me a few classes at most to learn how to play properly. Little did I know that it takes more than a year or two to master the game. If I had thought in terms of all or nothing, I would have given up after the first few classes. In this sense, business is like tennis. Your all or nothing mentality can tempt you to have unrealistic expectations that discredit all kinds of small achievements and ruin your motivation. Start small, slowly stretch your comfort zone, accept the fact that it's highly unlikely that your first venture will take off, or you'll grow a big business right away. However, without taking these first steps, you'll never achieve those huge goals you have for yourself. Number four, making excuses. People make excuses because they don't have enough confidence or problem-solving skills or their perception of their abilities makes them think they'll be unable to deal with the reality of running a business. We've covered this one when talking about fear. They don't want success badly enough, but need to rationalize their inaction. The problem isn't the excuses they give, but their weak motivation. They worry too much or tend to make mountains out of molehills. Their excuses are either irrelevant or not nearly as difficult to deal with as they think. When it comes to the second reason why people make excuses, not wanting success badly enough, it all comes down to your mentality. If the only reason why you want to start a business is because you want to make money and get rich, with no further thought as to why you need the money, it will be hard to start and even more difficult to keep going. We've already covered it in the first chapter. Extrinsic motivation is helpful, but it can't stand on its own legs without the support of intrinsic motivation and ideally pro-social motivation as well. If you've been procrastinating about starting a business for months or years, perhaps it's time to reconsider your motivations. Millions of people around the world want to be millionaires. In an ideal world, maybe a small percentage of them actually take consistent action. These are the ones who are driven so much that it feels like a life or death matter. And these are the people who make it happen. If you make excuses because you worry too much or tend to make mountains out of molehills, it's time to sit down, deconstruct your worries, and realize that millions of people have dealt with the same issues and have managed just fine. The problems you imagine to be so overpowering are often, in reality, small hurdles you can easily jump over.
As long as their negative consequences won't have a long-term impact on you, why worry about them so much? For instance, let's assume that you're putting off launching your business because you're afraid you don't know how to design a website, set up a company, or use a merchant account. Are these fears legitimate? What's the worst that can happen if you design a bad website, fail to file some paperwork, or can't manage to open a proper merchant account? If you design a bad website, you can always redesign it. Or instead of designing it yourself, you can figure out how to download a free template and look professional despite having zero knowledge about website design. In the worst case, you risk embarrassment. Unless you're starting a business in an extremely regulated industry, the risk of neglecting paperwork is minuscule. Even if you do fail to file some paperwork and get fined, it will most likely only happen once. Consider the fine a learning experience. How about the inability to open a merchant account? It's not necessary to accept payments. You can start with PayPal, Stripe, or any other similar credit card processor. Nothing to risk here. Deconstruct your worries in the same way and realize that as long as the negative consequences are one-off and won't have a lasting impact on your life, the risks are low and your excuses aren't legitimate. Number five, entitlement and consumer mentality. One of the worst mindsets that will prevent you from achieving entrepreneurial success is entitlement mentality, believing that everything should be given to you just because you exist. Entrepreneurial individuals with such a mindset often busy themselves with various short-term money-making schemes. They never launch a proper business providing real value to their clients because their only concern is how to make as much money as quickly and easily as possible. In this type of entrepreneurship, you're at least taking action, but it's the wrong kind of action, focused on making quick money and fleeting streams of revenue. You don't procrastinate when it comes to taking action like a wantrepreneur, but you postpone starting a legitimate business. There are countless authors in the self-publishing industry who entered it only because they had heard it could be profitable. Instead of coming up with a way to serve their readers in the best possible way, they mass-produce low-quality books in the hot genres. The end result is easy to predict. Discouraged by unsatisfying sales of their low-quality books, they move on to another money-making scheme. A cure to this problem is simple. Whenever you catch yourself thinking about making quick money with an unsustainable business model that doesn't benefit anyone but you, resist the temptation to do it and think about something more legitimate. Entitlement mentality is a cousin to consumer mentality. People often remain entrepreneurs because they start a business thinking in terms of what they can get out of the business, thinking like a consumer, instead of what they offer to the world, thinking like a producer. These are the kind of people who buy into hot trends in industries, even when they have zero experience with them, aren't willing to learn, and don't care about providing real value. To remedy this situation, honestly assess your unique skills, traits, and whatever else you can bring to the table. I've always been a writer, so when I first heard about self-publishing, I realized it could be a perfect fit for my personal skill set. What are your marketable abilities, and how can you combine them to start a business 
and offer value to the world. Actionable Implication In this chapter, I'll leave you with just one actionable implication. It supersedes everything else, and it's the only real-world solution to overcome entrepreneurship. It's take action, commit, and tweak things until they fall into place. Okay, technically we could break it into three actionable implications, but in reality, it's all one process. Taking action, which can be as simple as talking with your potential customers and offering them your early solution, will help you overcome inertia and gain initial momentum. If you don't take actions that provide real value to others, you'll forever remain in the entrepreneurial dreamland. Today, perform at least one action that will produce a direct result of helping someone. You don't need to charge for it. Many businesses start with people performing a service for others or giving away a product for free as a loss leader. It doesn't end with taking action, though. When you finally get some initial results, it's time to commit to your business idea for at least six months. Without committing yourself to the process, you'll end up chasing after the next shiny thing. I strongly suggest finding a way to hold yourself accountable. For instance, you can give your friend a substantial amount of money and tell them to spend it as they wish if you don't stick to your business idea for an agreed-upon period of time. Public accountability, such as creating a progress thread on a forum about entrepreneurship or joining a mastermind group, can help too. The last step, but most definitely not least, is to keep tweaking things until they fall into place, regardless of how many failures you'll experience along the way. This phase is what differentiates successful entrepreneurs from those who give up. When I started in the self-publishing industry, taking action, writing and publishing my first book, was the first step. Committing to the industry, vowing not to try anything else until I would make it work, was the second step. Lastly, I kept testing various niches, writing styles, and marketing approaches until they fell into place and I released my first bestseller, How to Build Self-Discipline. Don't just read this passage and forget about it. Test your business idea today and gain momentum. All you need to escape the dreary world of entrepreneurs and join the exciting world of entrepreneurs is action. Let's review the most common challenges facing people who want to start a business. Entrepreneurship or wishing to start a business but never doing it, is one of the most common challenges of new entrepreneurs. Five most common reasons why they resort to wishing but never take action are fear, perfectionism, the all-or-nothing mentality, making excuses, and entitlement and consumer mentality. Fear of starting a new business, or rather the perceived negative consequences of failure, can paralyze you so much that you'll dream about becoming self-employed for years, but never take action. To handle this problem, start small with a business idea that won't require much capital, time, and involvement. Slowly stretch your comfort zone until you feel ready to transition to full-time entrepreneurship. There's no need to go all in right away. Perfectionism is another reason for entrepreneurship. If you're worried that your business won't be perfect right away, you'll forever postpone launching anything. 
To deal with this problem, assume that your first product will suck and do it anyway. At some point, every one of the most successful entrepreneurs in history was a novice. The all-or-nothing mentality is a mindset in which you either launch a world-changing business or nothing. Unfortunately, rarely, if ever, will a new entrepreneur launch a business that achieves much success right away. It takes years to acquire real-world business experience. Get rid of your unrealistic expectations by starting a small business. Your first venture most likely won't be your lifetime occupation anyway. Entrepreneurs often make excuses. They do it because they're afraid, because they lack proper motivation, or because they worry too much and tend to make mountains out of molehills. If you make excuses because you're afraid, revisit how to escape entrepreneurship if you feel fear. Slowly stretch your comfort zone to destroy the spell your excuses have on you. If you make excuses because you lack motivation, it's time to revisit your reason why and add stronger intrinsic and pro-social motivators. If your sole motivator is a Ferrari, you'll be unlikely to make all the necessary sacrifices and keep pushing. That is, unless you love Ferraris over everything else in your life. If you make excuses because you worry too much, deconstruct your worries and ask yourself about the potential negative effects of your anxieties coming true. Will they cause a once-off problem? Will it really affect your life that much, or will you be able to carry on right away? More often than not, the problems you imagine in your head are only small hurdles. You can't approach your business as a consumer, let alone feel you're entitled to success. Think of business as a vehicle that can help you serve others, and as an extension, help yourself. People who focus on money over everything else, rather than thinking how they can create value with their personal skills, are the ones who fail with their money-making schemes and give up. Chapter 6. Common Self-Discipline Challenges for Experienced Entrepreneurs Experienced entrepreneurs may no longer deal with some of the most common troubles of new entrepreneurs but it doesn't mean their problems are gone. More often than not, the old challenges are replaced with a new set that can be as tricky as the growing pains. In this chapter, we'll discuss these problems and solutions to them. Even if you have a few years of business experience, you most likely have dealt with, or are still dealing with, some of these difficulties. However, they too can be solved and it's crucial you do so if you want to remain a successful entrepreneur for the rest of your life. Resting on your laurels. Experienced entrepreneurs often succumb to the temptation to take it easy. It's understandable that when you achieve some of your goals, you'll lose the original hunger that made you maintain strong work ethic. However, taking it too easy often leads to a slippery slope. Just like your muscles require regular workouts to maintain their strength and mass, so does your self-discipline need a consistent workout to stay on top of your game. Even the most successful entrepreneurs continue to push forward because they know that if they don't continuously challenge themselves, they'll lose their edge. In his interview with NBC News, Steve Jobs said, I think if you do something and it turns out pretty good, 
then you should go do something else wonderful, not dwell on it for too long. Just figure out what's next. By all means, go on a vacation or relax for a period of time if you've achieved a huge success, but resist the temptation to think that now you're set for life. Success is not a given. It's a continuous process of maintaining good habits and consistent action-taking. I know a person who has gone from a successful, almost passive business to making zero income overnight just because he thought he had it made and neglected his business for too long. He's learned his lesson and rebounded, but I'm sure you'd rather not find yourself in a similar situation. Here are three practical suggestions that will help you avoid resting on your laurels and strengthen your resolve to keep pushing despite achieving your long-term goals. Number one, challenge yourself. Entrepreneurs thrive on challenges and constant growth. If you've achieved your original business goals and stopped stepping outside your comfort zone, it's no wonder you don't feel like pushing harder. To get excited about new opportunities and challenge yourself, you can create new products or services, experiment with different types of products and services. For me, as an author, writing one book after another can get tedious. To battle the lack of stimuli, I started creating video courses, like my course, How to Build Self-Discipline, and audio courses, like Supercharge Your Self-Discipline. Enter a new market, sell your products in another country or to a different group of clients. I translate my books into foreign languages. Expand your business into another related industry, ideally one that converges with your primary industry. For instance, if you sell consulting services to startups, it's likely they'd also buy dedicated software from you. When you put yourself in a position of a newbie again, you'll feel a renewed sense of challenge to motivate you to keep growing your business. Sit down, grab a notepad, or create a new document on your computer and make a list of possible products, services, markets, industries, or any other improvements you can make to your business to get yourself excited about new opportunities. Number two, reward yourself. Many entrepreneurs rest on their laurels because they accomplished their original financial goals. Adding more numbers to their bank accounts is no longer enough of a motivation, so they slack off. Obviously, the first step would be to come up with intrinsic and pro-social motivators, but you can start with something simpler. Namely, reward yourself to translate the virtual meaning of money in your bank account into something real. Spending money on things that can significantly improve your happiness for a long period of time might be just enough to remind you that you've been working hard on your business for a reason. And this reason isn't some digits in your bank account, but a real improvement of the quality of your life. I'm frugal by nature. This tendency sometimes negatively impacts my motivation because I feel reluctant to spend money on things that would reignite the spark inside me, such as traveling. For a period of time, I lack the motivation to work. A few days before writing this paragraph, I convinced myself not to be such a miser and bought tickets for a two-week overseas trip. As if by magic, my motivation returned overnight. Not because money spent on the trip made a big dent in my savings and I felt the need to replenish them, 
but because it transformed the virtual feeling of money in my bank account into an experience that happened in the real world. If you haven't yet rewarded yourself for your success with something more substantial than mere numbers in your bank account, consider doing so. I highly suggest spending it on experiences like travel or quality time with friends and family. Numerous studies show that experiential purchases improve happiness more and for a longer period of time than material purchases. A new car gets old in a few months. A trip to the Hawaiian Islands with your significant other will stay with you forever. When you get back, recharged and relaxed, it's highly likely you'll want to stop being complacent and challenge yourself yet again. Number three. Start a new business. If your business no longer requires your personal involvement, consider starting a new business. Now that you have a steady stream of income and a lot of business experience, running multiple businesses is no longer such a bad proposition as for a new entrepreneur. The challenge and excitement of building something from the ground up has the potential to resurrect your entrepreneurial energy and work ethic. The more unrelated the new business will be, the more stimulating the experience will be. You'll get rid of boredom and feel excited again. As successful entrepreneur Neil Patel wrote in his article for Entrepreneur.com titled, Why You Should Never Start Just One Business. If you keep starting new companies, you'll never live another boring day in your life. He also pointed out that starting multiple businesses keeps you fresh. In his words, every time you start a new company, you learn something new. In my entrepreneurial pursuits, I've launched businesses and industries that I knew nothing about going into. Learning is half the fun of doing and keeps your mind sharp and your skills fresh. Keeping your mind sharp is the opposite of dangerous complacency that makes you lose the will to grow. Last but not least, Neil argued, one of the worst things that you can do with your experience is to let it waste away. Experience is meant to be used, shared, and acted upon, not stifled. And that sums up why resting on your laurels is not a good idea. Relax from time to time and enjoy the fruits of your labor. However, don't deprive the world, and yourself, of the gift of your experience. Stay sharp and keep growing. Burnout Entrepreneurs who find themselves stuck in a rut often lose the willingness to continue working on their businesses. And as we've already learned, a lack of enthusiasm kills motivation. My personal experience suggests that you can't force your way through a burnout. It won't disappear overnight. More often than not, it's been brewing inside you for a long time. However, it doesn't mean you should coast along and expect it will resolve itself with no action on your part. The first crucial action to battle burnout is to take a break. Don't delude yourself thinking you'll make the burnout go away with more work. It's like trying to heal an injury by performing the same activity that has caused it. Just like in sports, it's time to take a break and let your body and mind heal, not aggravate the injury further. At a minimum, take an entire week off. Get away from your everyday routine as much as your obligations allow you. I'm partial to traveling, but it can be anything that breaks your routine 
and puts distance between you and your business. During the break, nurture yourself. Eat healthy, sleep as much as you need, unplug, occupy yourself with pleasant activities. It's about resetting yourself, so no real work should be done during this time. If you can't leave your business to itself, at least find a way to work as little as possible. This is not a time to think about the health of your business. Your well-being should be the priority. If you've been suffering from burnout for a longer period of time, don't expect a week-long break to bring you back to top form, though. It might take a month, two, or three. You can't revert years of bad eating habits with a week of a diet, and you can't deal with a long-term burnout with a seven-day break. Once you return from your vacation, you still might not exactly feel like working, but at least your mind and body will be recharged. It's time to gently stretch your resolve by doing anything. Successful entrepreneur, programmer, and writer Derek Sievers suggests in his article, When You're Extremely Unmotivated, to start doing things you've been putting off for years but need to be done. As a result, you'll move from doing nothing to doing something, and that will eventually make you feel like doing something important again. This little trick is a good way to transition from the recovery period into slowly reinserting yourself into the previous routine. Alternatively, start with simple, quick tasks and slowly stretch your comfort zone until you get back into the groove. If you suffer from burnout that borders on depression, please talk with a professional. Deeper psychological issues require therapy, not a self-help book. Saying yes to too many things. Saying yes to too many things is another common challenge of seasoned entrepreneurs. As we've already discussed, launching a new product or starting a new business can help if you need a kick in the pants. However, as with everything, moderation is the key. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew. Oftentimes, once your business starts running more smoothly, you'll feel the temptation to start new projects you've always wanted to do. This can be a good thing until you fill your entire workday with work and lose balance. The goal you've worked so hard to reach, building a successful business that will give you the freedom to do what you want, then leads you to even more work, more responsibilities, and even less time for yourself. Deciding to capitalize on my experience as a self-published author, I launched as a side project a service helping fellow writers get honest reviews of their books. Unfortunately, as weeks passed, I started spending more and more time and energy on my secondary business at the expense of writing. When I realized that I was spreading myself too thin, I sold my service business. I regained clarity and took my self-publishing company to the next level. Saying yes to a new project was easy. Eliminating it from my life took several weeks. The experience taught me that side projects can quickly devour your main business, and if you don't realize it soon enough, they can cannibalize it. Prevention is easier than cure. Think long and hard before you take on new responsibilities that can be difficult to eliminate from your life later. I suggest following these three simple rules. Rule number one. One demanding, active role at a time. 
This rule alone will save you a lot of problems. If you're thinking about starting a secondary project, do so only if your primary business can grow without your direct involvement. If your absence will affect it negatively, don't take on more responsibilities. If you have systems in place and or employees who manage the everyday operation of the business and are able to grow it without your active involvement, you're free to work on a new project. Otherwise, find a way to extract yourself from the business before you think about new responsibilities. Rule number two, be an investor, not an entrepreneur. One of the biggest mistakes I made with my service business was that I had assumed the primary role in it instead of approaching it as an investor. If I had hired a person whose task would be to grow the company under my guidance, I wouldn't have gotten so entangled in the business as I did. If you're thinking about starting a new project, look at it like an investor. Can it run and grow with you as a person overseeing the operation instead of being the one doing the work? Can you develop processes that will minimize the amount of your personal, active involvement? If you can't, chances are the business will soon dominate your entire day. If you're ready for it, by all means do so. If you want to run it as a side project, though, reconsider the idea. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't start a new business if it can't run on autopilot from day one. A growing business always requires at least some personal involvement. But there's a difference between assuming the role of an owner who provides guidance and actively involved CEO who manages everything. Rule number three, think in the long term. Last but not least, don't dedicate yourself to any new projects without having an exit strategy. Whether you want to eventually sell the business, automatize it, or hand it over to a manager, failing to plan for the long term carries a risk of taking too much on your shoulders without the ability to throw the weight away quickly. I was lucky that I created my service business to be sellable from the start. If I hadn't done so, I would have had a harder time eliminating it from my life or would have had to assume the losses and close up shop instead of selling it, losing all that I had invested in it at the time. Be particularly careful when it comes to long-term obligations, like long contracts, big purchases necessary for the business, or hiring full-time employees. Such burdens can entrap you and turn your life into a nightmare when you decide you want to get out. Three Key Actionable Implications here are three practical implications for dealing with common challenges of more seasoned entrepreneurs. Number one, reignite excitement. Accomplishing all of your goals and the resulting boredom can make you rest on your laurels. Slacking off for too long will make you lose habits that have made you successful. If you've been resting on your laurels for too long, it's time to set a new challenge and make the business exciting for you again. Think about a new product or service to launch. Consider expanding it into other markets or industries. Lastly, if your business no longer requires your active personal involvement, consider launching a new venture. If you're resting on your laurels because you lack the hunger to keep going after achieving all your long-term financial objectives, reward yourself with a nice experience that will transform the numbers in your bank account into something real and inspiring. Even a short trip can be enough to motivate you to get back to work 
so you can have more such trips in the future. Number two, take a break. To handle a burnout, a long break is not merely recommended, it's a must. If you feel like throwing up when you think about work, it's time to go unplug, go on vacation, and stay as far away as possible from business duties. Don't feel guilty that you're not working or that you'll lose your work ethic. At this point, what's important is to regain mental health, not concern yourself about self-discipline. If you can afford it and your obligations don't restrict your options, go ahead now and book a trip somewhere for at least a week. An ideal destination is a foreign country that will provide you with new stimuli and help you take your mind off work. If you can't just pack your things and travel, focus on daily self-care. Get enough sleep, put your diet in order, exercise, engage in your hobbies, and spend time with people you love. Number three, declutter your business life. Make an assessment of your business responsibilities. Ask yourself which ones you can maintain in the long term and which ones add a lot of work but bring little in terms of benefits. Then come up with ways to eliminate unnecessary responsibilities and reprioritize the ones that should take the driving seat. Let's review common self-discipline challenges for experienced entrepreneurs. Seasoned entrepreneurs can feel the temptation to rest on their laurels, thinking they no longer have to make an effort to improve. While it's fine to celebrate success, it can be harmful to your long-term results if you take your business for granted and slip into bad habits. The three main ways to deal with resting on your laurels are setting new challenges by creating new products and services, or entering new markets and industries, rewarding yourself if you've been taking it easy because of lack of motivation, and starting a new business if you need a new challenge. Whenever you find yourself being too complacent, Remind yourself that taking things for granted never ends well, particularly in business. Burnout is another common challenge facing experienced entrepreneurs. If you're stuck in a rut, escape it by taking a long break. Spend it traveling, nurturing yourself by maintaining healthy habits, and engaging in hobbies and activities that make you feel good. Push aside guilt for not working and recharge your batteries. When you feel rested up, slowly stretch yourself by doing little tasks that will take you from inactivity to doing something, even if it isn't anything particularly urgent or important. Saying yes to too many things can lead to overwhelm and exhaustion because of all the responsibilities you have to shoulder. The key thing to remember about spreading yourself too thin is that it's easy to say yes but hard to say no more once you've taken on the new obligation. For this reason, it's critical to become extremely careful and conscious when considering starting any new projects. To avoid 100-hour work weeks, follow these three simple rules. Have no more than one active demanding role in a business. If you're a CEO of one company, don't start another company until your primary business can grow without you. Think like an investor instead of a business person. If you have one business and want to start another as a side project, structure it from the start like a proper company instead of a one-man operation. The goal is to work on the company instead of working in the company.
Have an exit strategy. Don't start a new project just because it will be fun. Ponder on potential future opportunities to exit the business in case you no longer want to spend your energy on it or when it will start to distract you from other priorities too much.